Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Welcome to Latino Founder Hour podcast, uh, episode 116. Today, uh, I want to welcome Sam Ulloa, fundador de CEO, and C CEO or COO, Sam? Uh, CEO. CEO of Listo. ¿Cómo estás, Sam? How you doing? Good welcome man. to the show, man. Gracias. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for being in the, in, in the show. And just, when, you know, we want to start, you know, by, the, by telling the story. I and mean, I read a little bit about you by Listo, but I want to start, you know, from the the very beginning that who, who's sam who's samuel ulloa yeah where do you uh, come from yeah absolutely so samuel ulloa so uh i'm originally from uh, the state of jalisco from a really small town called jalos totiplan los altos de jalisco I'm on uh, my family and i immigrated here when i was five years old uh to northern california um myself and uh and uh, uh six siblings um and uh uh I grew up working in the agriculture fields of Northern California uh, from a very young age. Uh, I think it started at seven or eight. It taught us a lot about hard work. You know, did everything wow. from harvesting uh, um, tomatoes to uh, almonds and, and you name it. No, uh, it was quite quite an experience. Uh, but uh, luckily for us, my, my parents always pushed uh, the value of uh, higher education. Unfortunately, my parents uh, didn't have uh, the, the highest grade level of education they had was third grade. Uh, back then, okay. it was probably good in, in Los Ranchos. And, yeah. And, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, uh, support or an edu educational infrastructure back in Mexico, which is why we came over here. You know, there was a lot of economic hardship uh, and, and not a lot of uh, uh, opportunities uh, for work. Um, so, you know, we worked hard and uh, we, we we focused a lot on education. My, my father always used to say, you know, if you don't want to do this the rest of your life, yeah, you got, you got to, you got to work hard, you know, in school and, and, uh, give back to your community. Yeah. Uh, fortunate enough, graduated valedictorian, uh, from my high school. Uh, where, where, where in Northern, uh, Northern California. You, you... Yeah. I went to Pierce high school, which is a small little, uh, well, it's about, uh, uh, graduating class was about 50. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of people, but uh, uh, it's in Colusa County, about an hour north of Sacramento. Okay. Uh, yeah. And hey, uh, close to the Oregon border, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's fairly, fairly close. Um, yeah. yeah. A, a little bit closer to your, your, your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, from a young age, I, I always used to tinker with uh, electronics and technology. So I decided to go into engineering um i knew one cousin that had made it to college so i was inspired by his story and decided to apply to cal poly and their engineering program really knew nothing about the differences between different colleges or or even yeah. majors for that matter uh and uh went to cal poly um at that time uh uh, you know, did did really well there. Became president of the Science Bank Professional Engineers. Uh, sort of grew, uh, figured out a way to give back to students that were that were coming in. Uh, did well in school. Uh, graduated, you know, 
uh, with high honors uh, from Cal Poly. Um, and then later I moved on to work at IBM Global Services, um, uh, where I was uh, a consultant, basically um, working on sort of big implementations for, for clients like Kaiser. Uh, and okay. even uh, if, if, if you go to the grocery store today, and this is the product, I, I, how I describe what, what I used to do to my parents is when you go to the grocery store and you swipe your loyalty card, I, wor I worked on that system, right? Okay. So that we could uh, identify every customer and use data to figure out, you know, what, what their shopping behaviors and, and likes were at the time. Um, but then I got the bug in 2000, you know, during the dot-com era. Uh, as I mentioned, I was very involved with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, was a president for my local chapter, but then also became the regional representative for the West Coast. Uh, this is a national organization. Got to meet a lot of, a lot of people in different universities. So... Uh, the, there was a, a group of uh, Stanford students that uh, got me sort of uh, hooked on starting a company. This is two years into my uh, career at IBM Global Services. Yeah, uh, decided to quit an amazing job. I went from you know making less than minimum wage for <laughs> <before laughs> college yeah. to uh, to making an amazing salary and you know very stable income to giving it all up. Right, and uh, long and behold, the vision was to take the technology from Silicon Valley and help uh, companies both here in the States, but then also in Latin America, use it to web enable their services. This is in 2000, right before the, the crisis. Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. a little early. Uh, my, my father thought he, I was crazy. Uh, and using his words, like, Mijo, who does this? You know, you risk everything to come to the States, get a good job, then you give it all up to go back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I could totally hear that in my dad's voice too. There you go. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a, an amazing experience. It was a humbling experience because we did raise a little bit of money, uh, did some amazing impl technological implementations, hired an engineering crew out of Monterrey, the professor of, uh, of engineering. Uh, you know, we brought him on board as well. Uh, but then the financial crisis, the uh, dot com crisis hit, and we couldn't raise any more capital. So. We went from uh, sort of living in a, a decent home, uh, all, all the founders, it was myself and, and a few Stanford uh, uh, engineers, um, and we came back in burros, you know, uh, <laughs> very, very humbled, uh, yeah. had, a, had a closed shop, you know, about, uh, about two years into it, um, and uh, we applied to business school, so luckily for me, I, I, I was able to get into Stanford, uh, it was a blessing. Uh, and uh, yeah, when I went to Stanford, I wanted to to really learn how to how to build a business. There was a lot of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I did a lot of research on you know what I could do to help underserved communities, specifically the Latinx community, because mm -hmm. I, I personally went through a lot of hardship uh, by not have access to to basic re financial resources in general. Yeah. Um, so while well, at Stanford, my, my roommate and I uh, tinkered with a lot of different uh, ideas, and we came up with the, the fact that there was a big gap in the market for uh, access to credit, responsible credit, right? So um, growing up, no, you know, it was very difficult to get a loan to, to, to get a vehicle or, or anything for that matter. We basically didn't have access to credit, you know? Yeah. I like to say we were sort of a... Uh, we were sort of a faceless family because we didn't have um, sort of the, the the profile that big institutions would deem credit worthy. And, and I knew that was wrong, right? And I, I looked around my community 
and I knew that their credit models were wrong because uh, the reality is that, you know, while a lot of our community may be from low to moderate income community, we used to tell them that they, they, they may not have physical collateral, or we may not have physical collateral, but we have high moral collateral and we were going to prove it yeah. with data. So uh, we built a risk model that predicts credit worthiness. Okay. Uh, long and behold, uh, you know, I, I, I got to give all the credit to, to my roommate, James Gutierrez, um, who is the official founder of a company called Opportune. Uh, I was a little shy based on my first experience, uh, and uh, I decided to work, take a job at Apple for two years while this idea was sort of um, marinating and growing. Uh, once we got funding, um, you know, yeah. but uh, at Apple, uh, you know, it, it was an amazing company. It is an amazing company. Uh, I basically was in charge of worldwide supply demand management for MacBook worldwide. So it was a big job, big responsibility. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know they, they took really good care of me, but my heart was always in, in in giving back and starting something to help our community. So as soon as we got funding, as I said before, for, for opportunity, I decided to leave. Uh, and uh, long and behold, you know, we proved everybody wrong. Um, we proved that our community, the Latinx community, is credit worthy, and uh, we couldn't have done it in a better time because uh, when when uh, the the financial crisis hit in 2008-2009. Yeah. We were doing extremely well when banks were going bankrupt. <laughs> so, you know, we, we proved them that they, we proved everybody that not only was this was this community credit worthy, but that our approach of using uh, data artificial intelligence, right, okay. to scale the decision making, i.e. no no human being ever made the decision. And it got yeah. Uh, it was it was basically uh, machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence that would take in all the data from the interviews we would make, and the output of that would be a credit decision. And this credit is you know ten times cheaper than the other alternatives, which are payday loans, right? Uh, yeah. Or the underground market. So, and not only that, it's credit that helps these customers get on a path to uh, a healthier financial future because we take consumers who have no credit history, we don't even exist in the bureaus, or have very few credit lines, and uh, help them achieve FICO scores of close to 700, you know, which basically opens up the gamut to the same credit opportunities that you and I have. So that company, I I left several years ago uh, to start Listo, which we're going to get into a little bit more, but uh, that company, you know, went public, uh, it's doing well, Um, I'm very proud of what we built there, employs thousands of people, both here and in Latin America. Um, what, what's the name of the company again? It's Opportunity. Yeah, it used to be known as Progreso Financiero, but the name oh, was yeah. to Opportunity. Yeah. Okay, Progreso Financiero. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so the company is going to grow vertically uh, as a lender. You know, again, very proud of what was built there. Um, but I, I knew the need was much larger than just access to credit because I, I, I felt that I lived it, um, you know, personally with my family. Um, and I knew that there had to be a better way of, of building a company faster, better, um, uh, that could scale faster, right? So the first company, we had to raise hundreds of millions of dollars, and it took more than 10 years to to make uh, any money, right? Because the, the, the revenue you make from small dollar loans is so small that uh, you would have to invest in you know millions of people before you know, before, the, yeah, yeah. thousands of customers before the, the, the unit economics could work, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so long and behold, uh, you know, we started Listo. Uh, and uh, what we're doing at Listo is that we built a, a marketplace that uses data uh, and machine learning to uh, think of the kayak-like experience, right, mm. for all life-impacting financial services, not just lending, right? Okay. So, um, you know, for lending, you know, we, we, we provide, uh, again, the same responsible loans that build credit. Uh, which is our, our initial uh, aspirational pillar. Uh, the second pillar is we help protect our hard-earned assets. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of members of our community, we don't get insurance. You know, it's, it's cultural. We think it's too expensive. So yeah. we use uh, algorithms to very quickly think of like uh, the experience that you go through when you shop for a plane ticket. You go in there, you you compare really quickly, Match. you get the best deal yeah. very, very transparently. Right. So we provide the same user experience for most all financial services. So in under two minutes, you can get a variety of quotes on your auto insurance. Right. To save yeah. money. Right. So we save hundreds. Of, you know, we save a, a lot of money for our community, which then goes into a savings account for them. And then to enable them to focus on the third pillar, which is invest in the American dream, uh, given yeah. that we're focused almost exclusively here in the U.S. market. Um, and that is basically uh, starting a 529 college savings account for their kids to go to college as well as Naira to invest in their retirement because the vast majority of our community doesn't have either, right? So those are the products that we're working on now. But that's that's the value proposition of Liso to sort of be able to deliver on these three key aspirational needs uh, in a way that uh, it does in a way that is more efficient and more cost effective. Because in the back end, we work with a, um, a financial provider. So we don't own the products, but we match them with the best products. And in the future, we want to use the data to help um, mainstream financial services know that Edgar or Samuel are actually credit worthy and that they would want to give you the loan, right? Uh, through yeah, our yeah. platform, right? So uh, I think that the missing piece between um, you know uh, having access and not having access is really that layer of, of data uh, and on these particular customers that perform really well. And it's a very large, one of the fastest growing markets in the United States. Uh, no, and, and you know what? You know, we're, we have a lot of parallels and I would love to talk to you, you know, obviously, you know, offline because, you know, that, that's a mission of what we do. You know, we, we wanted to officially what we said, like we, we want to bridge uh, the gap, the gigantic gap in accessibility for fintech products. You know, same, you know, for the underprivileged, you know, we want to bring what was available to you, Samuel and me, Edgar, educated to the people that, that are not that are less fortunate. So we want to you, you have a mobile device. We want to give you the power, unleash the power of that mobile device that you're using for Facebook or Instagram for your financial benefit. And, that, you know, with transparency, you know, and obviously trying to uh, being a gatekeeper of our community. Uh, you know, we're also pretty involved with you know, in different um, um, uh, initiatives here at the, at the state level and at the federal level through our, our fant- actually fantastic <laughs> senator, uh, Senator Wyden. Shout out, uh, Senator Ron Wyden. Um, where you know what we want to do is just like yes, acknowledge the 1.3 trillion purchasing power that we as a collective uh, have in the U.S. But also, you know, try to make it uh, make it fair, and make it be uh, visible. So, I, I think you know, you know, like like I said, we're working in parallels. We have yeah. the same mission. 
uh, obviously, you know, we, we, well, we have different targets, different business models, but um, yeah, and, and, and I just, you know, from the top of my head, a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago, we had another guest, um, Christian Zimmerman. I don't know if you heard of the company called Coins with a Q. Uh, no, actually, I don't think I have the right. So I'm, I'll make an intro because they have a, you mentioned something about, you know, the pillars in you know, a credit investment and then the other, the, the, the part is the, the, uh, the, the putting money away, start stashing. And they're doing something not similar to what you do, but it's, it's, um, it's kind of like an acorn, but for investing, you know, so what oh, we, okay. and repairing and, and repaying debt. So I think okay. you guys should, I, I don't see you as competition more like, Hey, you know, collaborators, absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, you, you know, the, the more the merrier, Edgar, um, you know, I, I think our community desperately needs uh, m more entrepreneurs, right? Um, you know, uh, interestingly enough, uh, they did a Sanford case on uh, Opportune, and I've gone yeah. back to, to sort of be as a guest speaker for, I think, 11 years now. And, um, you know, it, it's it, most, most people, when you ask in the classroom, you know, uh, if they thought the company was successful, you probably, I always get around 2% you know, of the students who think it was successful. The difference is, Edgar, is that, and this is where diversity matters, diversity across all aspects. Mm -hmm. You know, we came from the community. You understand the pain points. I understand the pain points. To us, it was very obvious that this community was creditworthy. It was, yeah. it was just being discriminated against. Um, I don't think it was done intentionally by any means, but because of the lack of data, right? And, yes. uh, and, and access and you know, and, and really understanding this market, right, and, and their needs. And as a result of that, you know, frankly, you get the short end of the state because without credit in the United States, you, you, can't you need credit to even get a cell phone these days because they're not yeah. cheap, you know? Yeah. So you need credit to, to, to get into an apartment, rent an apartment, right? If not, you're going to pay more. Uh, and unfortunately, our community ends up paying a lot more. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think you've heard, you may have heard this before, but it's, it's expensive to be poor, right? There's a tax on the poor, so, right? So, so you, you, you're rid of that tax. We're yeah. getting rid of that tax with transparency and data. I always refer, you know, when, when, when we started Click at that was the, our inspiration, that article. And I think it was in The Economist, you know, why it's expensive to be poor. Yeah. And why it's, yeah, and, why it's and it was like, wow. And, and that was an eye-opening because, again, you know, we may not have had that problem. But we saw it, you know, when we started and we went out, you know, to angel, you know, to talk to pitch to angels and, like, and they were like, well, you're trying to solve this problem. Like, why is that a problem? Why don't they, why, why don't your, why does, doesn't your community just use Skype? Exactly. exactly. And like, well, because they don't have access to credit like you. I mean, you, for you, it's just granted. It just fell out of the sky and this is just a normal way. But if you don't have access to the information, if you don't have access to the resources, I mean, you're living and then you're, you know, just rowing against the, going against the flow. Yeah. Yeah. If you take, for example, the industries that we're, we're tackling, uh, right, it's, it's hard because we're, we're, our, our model's tackling it from a horizontal versus a vertical, right? Yeah. We're looking at everything from credit to insurance to investments, and each of those have their own set of complexities, right? Um, going back to it's expensive to be poor and there's a tax on the poor, right? Yeah. It's a tax because we, we have limit or, or there's there's a perception that there's limited options right and there's no access to it so on the credit right uh the problem with with uh with this community is that as you know you have the preferred uh sort of the prime credit people have good or good credit then you have the subprime people who have bad credit i mean yeah so that category is reserved for people who have had the opportunity for credit and they you know they've got bankruptcies mispayments yeah uh, our community you know, gets bucketed in there. 
it's the same thing as giving somebody an F on a test without giving the opportunity to take it. The percentage, yeah. Exactly. So that's exactly where the industry was bucketing them as high risk, simply because they don't know if they would have, if they would have given them the opportunity to take the test, they would have realized that they deserve an A. And that's what yeah. we proved the opportunity, right? And, and auto insurance, completely different vertical. You know, it's an eye opener, right? With credit, all of a sudden, because they don't have, they're bucketing to the subprime, they're having to pay a lot more or they don't even have access at all, okay? With auto insurance, and I, you may know this, you have sort of the preferred good driving record, right? Yeah. Then you have the standard, uh, uh, the non-standard for people who have poor driving records, uh, or i.e. a lot of D DUIs. DUIs, yeah. Where do you think our community gets bucketed in there? Bam. Oh, non-standard. Because there's very little data on their risk driving behavior, right? Yeah. And again, if you give them the opportunity, you'll realize that they're actually good, well-performing drivers. In fact, one of the one of the predictors of risk is how many miles you drive, right? Mm -hmm. Our community, because they're in the low to moderate income, they're not driving a lot for leisure, like a lot of drivers out there are. Yeah. They're driving to go back, you know, to to and from work because they gotta help their family survive. So basically, they're driving a lot less mileage on average and therefore they're at much lower risk but they're having to pay these huge premiums as if they had a poor driving record when in fact they don't yeah and these are two examples of how it's expensive to be uh poor right and uh what least was doing we're democratizing access to these services mm -hmm. in a way that removes that taxation on the poor and says no you know you are actually you deserve a better rate right because yeah. we know that you're uh you know, you're, you're more cre credit worthy on the lending side and you're more, you're a better driver on, on the driving side and therefore you deserve a better auto insurance. Wow. And by mixing the two products, uh, certain states use credit as a predictor of your driving um, risk profile. So it, it exacerbates the problem. So if you don't have credit, you're, 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 you're immediately, wow. You're, you're deemed to be a higher, uh, higher risk driver, right? Yeah. So by the fact that we help you build credit, all of a sudden now you have a much better and cheaper uh, auto insurance with the same coverage, only half or less the price, you know? Wow. And, and all that money can go into their pockets and their savings to invest in the American dream because that's where we came. That's where they came, you know? And the yeah. reality is very different, right? They're struggling to make ends meet. It's, it's not what, you know, we all thought of uh, when we first came here. It's very difficult. It, uh, it, it and, is, yeah. And, and these problems are systemic which yeah. is the issue right so and, and now that poses the question you know so i had to come with that. that poses the question is that systemic on purpose no. just, just to keep to, to keep or is that just like like no. you said because of the lack of data no absolutely not i don't i don't, I don't think I, I always i always uh, assume good intentions I, I think it's a perfect use case edgar if there's ever a case for why diversity matters bam mm -hmm. it's like and, and, you know, even if you say, well, you know what, I, I, I don't believe in all this altruistic, just do good, right? I mean, we're a social mission company that drives me, that drives yeah. our culture. But let's assume that we didn't care about that. It's good business. Look at Time Shoes, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe me, look at Opportune. It's, 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 it's public, it's trading, it's profitable, you know? And there's a lot of other institutions now that are saying, wow, we missed the boat. How yeah. did we miss that? You know, these guys were right. It's a big market, right? So it's good for the shareholders too. And, and the reason why that matters is because, you know, we, we do live in a capitalistic economy. I do think that building for profits allows you to scale the solution. Yeah. Right. 
there's a lot of well-intentioned nonprofits, but I, I but I think in general, based on the data, the, the impact is limited to to the to the resources that they have. So if you're able to sort of marry for-profit with the social mission, right? I think the impact is much greater. Absolutely. Hey, Sam. You know, let's let's acknowledge our our sponsors, and we'll we'll be right back with this. You know, thirty-second pause. This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. Bridges to Change's mission is to strengthen individuals and families affected by addictions, mental health, poverty, and homelessness. They use their voice and resources to stand up to all forms of discrimination, mass incarceration, barriers to health care, and inequitable economic opportunities. Bridges to Change's goal is to empower people to be self-sufficient and become members of the community, who in turn offer the same opportunities to help others. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. And we're back uh, with Samuel Ulloa. I'm sorry I called you Sam. I'm Samuel. So... You know, early before we got into the, um, you know, before we went live, you were asking me, you know, where do we start? Um, why do we start this podcast? And on, and, and the, the answer was honest. Was like, just cause. And so, you know, the producer asked, "Hey, would you like to do this?" I'm like, well, why not?" You know, I got I got an hour, uh, a free hour, you know, for lunch on Fridays. So, but more than that, once it grew, you know, we, we've been in the air for two years. It's it's to highlight, you know, to open up, you know, this conversation like you were saying, hey, this is who we are. These are the problems that you may not see, but also highlight, you know, people like you working to solve the problems. And our mission has become to, you know, has morphed into like, hey, let's connect the people like you, like our past guests. Like, imagine if you and Christian Zimmerman, founder of Coins, get together and you build something even bigger. Or we ended up, you know, working and, and the three of us ended up something that, like amplifying our voices. What can we build? So that's, the, yeah, I mean, I, it was just in, in, my, in my head when, when you asked that question. Well, you know, initially we had, we were just a boat that we just launched it. I was like, hey, why not? Let's just talk to some people and have fun and, and see what happens. But, you know, after, you know, we got the ball rolling, it's like, you know, listening to some amazing stories. Like, huh. Uh, and started connecting people. I, you know, we've connected a bunch of them. You know, now through a couple of years, and you know, they're working together, and they're like, you know, they had great conversations. And you know, that's what we want to build this community, where we can, um, you know, work to solve problems and work together. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more we collaborate, the, the bigger the impact. There's, 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 a, there's a lot of great cases out there like that. Yeah, no, but but so I'm excited. Like you know, you you guys are doing something great. You know, like, like you said, digitizing the financial insurance experience. Where, so are, are you? Um, what's your business model right now? I mean, how how does that work? You know, for you guys, how do you monetize this? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. So you know, unlike our first company where we owned uh, sort of the balance sheet and all the risk, I we had to raise hundreds of millions of dollars to get the money to put out of the street, right? Uh, yeah. What we do now is we work with providers in the back end. Think of like, um, uh, you know, Credit Karma, right, where you get yeah. different options and you're educated. But with a um, with a, uh, a kayak-like uh, user experience on the front end. I see. Uh, so, so our model is we, we, we have revenue share agreements with all of our partners, right? Okay. That allows us to uh, bring good product to market 
so that we can match them with you know our algorithms right and okay. give people the, the 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 best product they deserve right mm -hmm. and give our partners the issuers of the product while performing uh customers as well and we, we're, so we monetize on a revenue share right and we do that across the full spectrum of lending um and um insurance, uh, insurance and then in the future with with uh investment products Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah because uh, my, my question was going to be, you, know, you just answered, if you guys underwrite, you know, the, uh, the insurance. Not today. No, no but, but we're harnessing data. We're good at um, using data as we did in the first company. And we want to augment and help our partners uh, make deeper, better uh, informed decisions to, to broaden uh, the impact. Okay. Okay, fantastic. No, it, it was just a quick, and, and like you mentioned, insurance is right now just car or is that a full spectrum? Car... Good question. So uh, we, we're a market with auto insurance, right? Okay. We do some renters insurance as well. Um, and uh, we, we just recently have been uh, launched uh, life insurance as well. Um, oh, okay. And, you know, in, in, in this uh, this pandemic, it's, it's sad to say, but it's become, you know, uh, an essential uh, need for our community uh, because uh, very few, if not, uh, I think it's one of the, it's got to be one of the most underserved markets when it comes to not only credit, but then also uh, products like life insurance. Um, Correct. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> the biggest challenge there has always been trust, right? Our community doesn't necessarily trust. Historically, they don't trust banks. So uh, we've done that. You know, we built our trust. We've done well by them. You know, we prove with data that we're helping them move up the financial ladder. Uh, and and <clears throat> this is what is allowing us to bring out these new products where it, it requires that deeper uh, relationship, right? If you think of the customer is going to pay uh, for the life insurance over their lifetime, and yeah. they want to believe that they're going to be taken care of when, when you need them, right? So uh, it's great. We're, we're, we launched it. We're, uh, we're already starting to see a lot of uh, great movement. Our customers are really happy about that. Um, <clears throat> Well, and, and how, how, you know, what, what was your market uh, go-to-market strategy now, now that you say you're building trust? Because to, to, for us, it was the same, uh, listen, same conversation. You know, we came out with this, our first version five years ago was a um, mobile app. Uh, and, and that's the thing, like, oh, we, we say we're going to do all these great things. And we did. But how do, get, how, do we, how do you get the people to trust you? Uh, and, and you say, you know, we have that inherent mistrust here of institutions, of people trying to sell us because, you know, oh, they, they, they want to steal my money, blah, blah, blah. So how do you go to, how do you launch a product and how do you gain that trust? Yes. So uh, we, we actually have um, high touch brick and mortar locations in, uh, okay. high, in, in, the, in areas that have been very strategically identified uh, where there's high concentration of our of our target um, uh, community, right? So uh, if you go into these low to moderate, you know, poor neighborhoods, you'll see an Apple-like store for financial services. Okay. It's very open, very clean. You walk in and you get introduced to all this new way of consuming financial services, right? Um, uh, you, you'll interact with tablets to look at all the rates that you can, you know, uh, for the loan, know exactly how much you can pay, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and how credit works. There's, there's centers built within the customer experience that um, is there are many educational opportunities where yeah. we educate consumers on what it means to build credit and why it's important, right? And uh, uh, so, so that, that's worked really well for us. It's obviously not cheap, uh, but yeah. that's allowed us to build a trust over, over the years. And 
consumers uh, are repaying us. You know, we have a net promoter score of 95. We have really high organic referral rates um, and um, really high engagement. But we, ha we, had to, we had to work hard and we had to invest in it. And uh, the, the, the model's going, uh, is working. So the, the idea has always been to, to augment uh, the experience in a digital way and scale it. But building yeah. that trust uh, was paramount, right? So uh, I, I think we're there based on the data and uh, we're looking to, to expand and help more customers uh, uh, over the years. Wow. So, so, so you went completely brick and mortar. And, and is there, um, did you ever explore the possibility like partnering with uh, the, look, the local bodegas, the supermercados and, and all that? Yeah, and we will. But, but I, I think that based on my, my experience, it's, it's important for you to own that, that touch point because there's so much learning there, Edgar. It's very expensive, right? I, I get that. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, by having that touch point, owning it, having the ear there, I personally was there doing this for a year, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I have experience. I come from the community. You learn so much, you know? Uh, and uh, that makes all the difference uh, on your on your uh, uh, success and 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 ability to sort of make this sort of go viral, if you may, right? Yeah. Because people yeah. trust you. they come when you're there, you know. Well, they, uh, they can our, touch and feel because, you. Yeah, our customer is it not uncommon for our customers to walk in and take a spawn, you know, to say thank you, you know, you you gave me credit when nobody else did, and you're saving me a ton of money in my auto insurance policy, and you're doing it very transparently, and you explain it to me. You know, we're, so we become sort of that trusted advisor for our community. Um, and that, that's very, very valuable. And, you know, it doesn't come cheap and it takes a lot of hard work. No, I bet. And, and now, you know, obviously, you know, with the, the current situation with the COVID-19, how are you guys handling this? I mean, uh, yeah. uh, for, I mean, uh, where are your locations primarily in California or are you? Yeah, uh, we're only in California because we're licensed state by state. So we, oh, okay. we modeled it all there. But um, uh, we've been uh, we, we can replicate this now uh, across states uh, based on the algorithms that we've identified. You know, we, we've been open. We've been obviously an essential business because of the credit uh, product. Um, we've taken all the precautions. Everybody's been safe. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, customers have been very thankful because they're getting access to, to, to money in a time when they need when they need it most. You know, absolutely. OK, so you, you, you guys haven't been impacted fully you know by, by closure yeah, we, we, we've been impacted because you know what we saw it got is uh foot traffic obviously slows down unemployment's yeah. higher so we, we've been impacted for sure on, on 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 numeral fronts but um what we've been able to do is we, we've been able to to uh, sort of push more customers to the digital platform right and changing consumer behavior during these times uh, and because we do provide that hybrid experience, uh, it's been a, it's an experience that sort of is, is scaling very rapidly. Um, mm -hmm. As most businesses, we did take a hit, right? Um, yeah. But uh, because we did have and had already invested in that infrastructure, we're we're, we're seeing that we're coming out of this at, a, at an accelerated speed. So we'll see where that goes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, like a hockey stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're heading because you know it's really hard to change consumer behavior. Um, yeah. Especially for our community, uh, <laughs> as we're you know we're really deep into our ways. Yes. Uh, but you know things like this really really <clears throat> help to escalate that. And when you have the infrastructure ready to go, uh, I think it, it, it turns out to be a positive in the long run. No, to totally. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one of the questions that you know I had jotted down here 
like obviously you had to raise capital. You know how you know where, where are you with that? You know how do you start this, this company? I mean, was it just privately funded, or do you from the get go go to uh, angels? No, yeah, F from the very beginning we were venture backed. Basically, um, we, we we started it um, with, uh, uh, with with angels and then uh, uh, venture capitalists as well. So. Okay, all in the Bay Area. Um, no, no, we have investors. Um, you know, uh, when I say. In, in many corners of, of the planet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we have investors uh, uh, yeah, in Mexico and here oh, wow. and, um, and uh, in different, yeah. Uh, one, say one in Spain as well. And <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, th th these are more sort of um, uh, the, 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 the bigger uh, investors are here in, uh, in the States. Okay. Well, yeah. that, that, that certainly helps you to propel and, and get yeah. Going, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, this is not our first company, so that, that that did help. It's made it a lot easier to 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 raise money, uh, but it's it's always difficult. Uh, the, the hardest thing for us was to raise uh, with, you know, it's still telling them that the brick and mortar makes sense, you know, and it did yeah. really absolutely. That, 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 I, Trust is paramount, and it's worked, <laughs> right? It's worked for us. Yeah, uh, and uh, now, now we're benefiting from it, so. Yeah, because, it, it, you know, when you just describe it, to, even for me right now, I was like, whoa, you went brick and mortar. I was like, wow. You know, even for us at some point, we, yeah, that was bold. And I was like, wow. Uh, maybe in my head, I'm, I'm just getting used to this this side now. I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, you look, yeah, in order to, we felt that in order for you to reach the, like, the really underserved, they're not going to trust online. They're, no. You know? No. Uh, I mean, it's not to say that they're not going to get there eventually, right? But uh, if you know, for us, we we don't we we want to move fast. We need to move fast. Uh, and there's a seg there's a very large segment that performs really well because they're the really the ones that are underserved. Uh, earning their trust is is paramount. Yeah. No. 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 That that that. Uh, trust me, I get it. You know, we spend a, a good couple of years just touring the entire U.S. You know, visiting mom and pop. You know, the bodegas. You know, the, you know, lo looking at the customer interactions, what worked, what didn't work, and that's how that's why we ended up founding Click as well. Got it. So you, you guys are through partnerships with bodegas? No, no we initially that's how we started, uh, and then we got out of that because we. Uh, so well, when we started, we wanted to. You know, we had one mission. You know, get rid of the phone cards. We we yeah. we. It's just the, I don't know if you you know exactly how they work, but it was just the dirtiest. I do, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I was, I was, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it, it's horrible, and we're yeah. glad it's almost out. So yeah. the, I, I think they're almost irrelevant. But it, yeah, so our mission was number one that, you know, to, to migrate people to use their mobile and create like a re, uh, refillable electronic cart. That's in essence what it was. So we could provide the same service without having to steal. And, but the most difficult part was that how do you tell the consumer, hey, you know, you know, I can give you 100% of your money. It won't expire. You know, I won't take any, you know, you know, I won't take any money from your saldo from from your account. And you, all you have to do is just use your phone. You don't have to go to the bodega. You don't have to. Exactly. Uh, like, no, I don't believe you. <clears throat> Seriously, look, it works. And we're backed by the city. You know, obviously, you yeah. know, there's two dealings. We're not. No. Nah. So initially, we had to, you know, we had to take that leap. We had to, you know, work with bodegas. But we, um, sadly, we found that, you know, how, you know, complicit, uh, you know, we, um, our community can be. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, very disappointing. It was like almost heartbreaking for me to be. And I said, I literally toured the entire U.S., you know, from Miami to Portland, New York, Maine, down to L.A., you know, bodegas, you know, and, and not only the cities, you know, rural areas. Uh, and it was just sad to see that our own community, when it's when it's for my benefit, it's like, look, what, what's in it for me? Ultimately, it's, you know, it's, you know, not everybody thinks like you and I like, hey, I'm trying to make our lives better. Like, you know, what, what's in it for me? And that's how the, you know, the, um, the car business was able to exploit uh, that flaw in our character for, you know, a couple of decades. Yeah. Wow. So it, it was... Education is it says it's a very difficult thing to do, and changing consumer behavior is extremely difficult. It, it is very difficult, time-consuming, yeah. very expensive, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we spend you know, you know, <laughs> countless hours and thousands upon thousands of dollars, and you know, try to you know, working between the UI, trying to change consumer behavior, you know, try, you know, trying to optimize our um, customer acquisition. But uh, I think, you know, for us, you know, we also were, were able to just migrate entirely digital, uh, you know, after a few years. I mean, it, it took us a while to understand, you know, how, where, and when. Are you guys also venture-backed? Uh, uh, yes. All uh, angel-backed, yeah. Okay. So we, we have investment mostly from Oregon and also from Mexico City. Awesome. Good. Yeah, we definitely need to connect. I think there's a, there's a lot of really good synergy there. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, no. That I met earlier. Yeah. I, I know, man, and and I would <laughs> like you know to connect you with a couple of the people that I that are like, man, I I I know you know you guys have very similar, um, I wouldn't say models, but parallels, and, and it's like, well, if you guys can complement each other, like, psh, man, wow. let, 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 vamos a hacer ruido. Exactamente, hay que hacerlo. <laughs> so, uh, well, I also wanted to ask you, you know, before the the start, I was, you know, looking at your profile, you know, who who you were, and I wanted to, you know, it's interesting the Rising Farm Worker Dream Fund. Yep. I wanted to, I mean, you're you're one of the co-founders uh, of this, you know, just a little bit about what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, as I said, I, I grew up as a farm laborer with my with, working alongside my father, uh, and um, my uh, my roommate from undergrad. Uh, who went to Harvard at the time and while yeah. I was at Stanford, you know, uh, he was at Harvard, I was at Stanford and we talked about, you know, how do we give back, right? How do we give back? How do we change the systemic problem where, you know, um, uh, the, the thesis behind that is you could only, uh, you could only dream to be that what you know of, right? So mentorship uh, is extremely important, right? So, and I'll give you an example of that I always tell this story uh, that I actually went to school with the Latino version of Einstein. I mean, this guy was amazing in mathematics. I had to work at it, okay? Yeah. So, like, I'm going to work at, I want to be a, ma a manager at, at McDonald's. Like, well, why? He goes, like, look, it's, we have AC, it's better than the fields, and I get paid almost twice as much. That's awesome, man. I mean, unless yeah. you know something better, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and that's exactly what he did. You know, yeah. and, and nothing against that, but he had so much potential yeah. that we're not nurturing. And really, the, the, the flaw there is that, you know, if you take these communities that are away from sort of areas that are thriving like uh, Silicon Valley, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that Steve Jobs was successful because of the environment he grew up in. He looked around, he saw, you know, HP, he saw all these tech companies, you know, disrupting um, the world with technology. Yeah. If you put 
you know, this individual in, in an environment like this, you, you would be really surprised what that individual would have accomplished. He could have been another Steve Jobs, right? Um, yeah. So th th this really quick, this this um, this nonprofit got started so that we can use the the power uh, and resources of business and mentorship to sort of uh, inspire those communities, right? Uh, to think about higher education as a stepping stone to uh, a better lifestyle for them and their family and, you know, for their entire community. So we onboard students, we help them with their college applications for, for business school. Uh, and then we also provide funding through mentors and angel investors um, to those students that are paying it forward. So people, yeah. students that are doing what you're doing now, they're actually holding workshops, inspiring them about what's possible uh, in the world outside of their immediate um, environment uh, to sort of expand their minds. Uh, these are the guys that we're, we're investing in um, and, and, and the people that we're, that we're helping because they're, they're helping scale that impact. Uh, we came from that, you know, he and I were one of very few people. We were extremely rare. So we wanted to do something about it. And uh, uh, we started that organization. It's still going strong. Uh, and uh, we're, we're very proud of uh, that, uh, that organization. No, uh, and congratulations. And uh, I mean, I, I was able to, to jump in, you know, last night and it, it struck me. I mean, you, I don't know. I still don't understand how that works, but it's a system similar <clears throat> to the stock market. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah okay, okay. I'll, I'll explain it very quickly. Maybe we, we, we over-engineered it, but <clears throat> so the, 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 the premise is that every individual is very valuable, right? And some individuals can contribute more to society than others just based on their their makeup, their, their drive and, and whatnot, right? Like, like this individual I, I, I described earlier, the Latino version of Einstein. Um, so what we do is when somebody comes on the platform, they get a, a, a default start, stock price. But as they are uh, accomplishing their milestones to reach their goals, right, and is validated by a group of volunteers, their stock price goes higher. Okay. So if you're an investor, yeah, you, you want to give money to those individuals whose stock price is going higher because they're doing more for their community, right? They're providing more value. Kind of like a company who ha whose stock price is higher is that they're adding more value. At the end of the day, they're, they're doing well because they're providing a service that people want, yeah. right? Somewhere around the world. And, and that's the same thing about an individual. If, if there's an individual that's doing more and providing more value for their community, they should be differentiated. And the, the investors we have on the platform will literally just give money to that student you know, to pay for things like uh, studying for the SATs, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, or, 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 you know, may, maybe uh, money uh, <clears throat> as they're thinking about getting ready for college, right? But uh, investors are more likely to, to donate money to students whose stock price is higher. Um, and, um, and, 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 and then, you know, once they receive that money, we, we make sure that uh, through a group of volunteers that they're actually doing what they're saying that they're doing, like hosting these workshops, increasing awareness and as they're doing all those activities their stock price goes higher oh wow so no, that, that's fantastic i mean i was fascinated by that first of all was you know again uh and know you know what what you did but you know having that system as a stock market and i, I wasn't fully understanding but now it's clear it's like wow this yeah. is no it's pretty cool yeah. since you saw that uh that i you know, the 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 rising farm worker dream fund you know, you'll see on there that, that I, my family and I came here and I was undocumented. It was an interesting thing. Uh, I was once called an illegal. Now I'm a U.S. citizen and so is the entire family. But it just goes to prove that, that we're here to make a difference. We're here to add, not subtract from the economy. Exactly. exactly. Uh, that's a narrative that we need to tell people like you 
that are making a difference, Edgar, uh, to, to shape this, especially as we go out to vote um, in the coming elections. Yes, and, and we should remind everyone to vote. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have the ability to vote, uh, one of the things that we've learned that we know is like you do have the ability to move others. So that's that's your responsibility. Even if you can't vote, go out and tell the ones that can vote to to vote or drag yeah. their asses. Yeah, Absolutely. drag their asses. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's your responsibility yeah. now. It's like, hey, you know, make yeah. sure that everybody votes because if not, mm -hmm. here we are. Look at this. We, the house is burning. In another four years. <laughs> sí. Y si no y si no votan no se quejen después. Así decían las abuelitas. Exactly. <laughs> Bien dicho. No, so and you know again, I, I don't want to you know distract from the from Listo, but I want to I want to also make a couple of interest to the right the farm worker the Dream Funds to some nonprofits here that do phenomenal work. Um, if you already don't have strategic partners, I would love to because again we're plugged in. You know we do a lot of um, work with them as well, so would love to make that entry and, and of course you know amplifying yeah. what what you guys are doing. Perfect, absolutely. Thank you, Edgar. Yeah, no, no, that's that's super exciting, and, and well, just um, you know, if we go back to to Lista, what what do you, um, uh, you know, coming out of this pandemic in the next couple of years, hopefully, where do you see Listo in you know in, in the market? How how do you envision it? Yeah, so so <clears throat> as I described earlier, I envision us sort of being that uh, uh, that platform that helps our customers. Um, uh, or basically helps the community improve their, their wealth, right? We're, we're building yeah. wealth over the long term and, and we're using data to measure that impact. Uh, and we're not doing this ourselves. We, we know that it takes a community, right, to raise a family. In this case, it takes a community yeah. to raise our, our the Latinx community, right? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of great companies out there and services that we would love to work with uh, to bring their, par their products to bear to this market. Um, and together, I think we can make a, a, a very a lasting impact in building wealth uh, among a community that is hardworking, deserving, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, and uh, just just needs <clears throat> just needs us, people like you and I that that see them, understand their their pain, and 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 we're doing something about it. You know, I love it. And and do you envision yourself like uh, Listo and, and you person? I mean, you're the face of Listo. Uh, do you envision, you know, being like uh, that guide for, you know, creating generational wealth? And it's like, look, I, th this is, I'm going to teach you how to become wealthy. And not, not in the sense that, you know, you're going to buy it. Everybody's going to have a yacht. Or not, but you know what? You're going to have a house and your family, you know, you, you're not going to get into uh, debt, you know, like everybody exactly. else. So just you know, avoiding the pitfalls and just being a, a beacon of light. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so we see ourselves as becoming that trusted financial advisor for, for the underserved, you know, for the underdog uh, yeah. and, and uh, helping them, as you said, uh, really achieve the American dream. I think a lot of us came here, um, you know, A, to survive and then B, to, to provide for, for our, you know, our descendants, for right? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> rather than just uh, struggling to make ends meet, how do we start building wealth, right, in a way that uh, adds wealth for generations to come? Um, and uh, increase our, our purchasing power and, and our value to the U.S. economy uh, along the way. Yeah. And, and now with, with your international partners, do you think least, I mean, do you have it in your plans to go international? Like at least, for example, the obvious first step will be Mexico. Yeah. Uh, we, we're the largest. Yeah. Today we do work in Mexico already. We have an officer uh, okay. back 
back office, just like we did. I, I personally helped led and open that for opportune, you know, and, you know, um, one of my dreams was to break borders down since they yeah. said as a, as a, as a, at a young age and there's value for both countries, but the, 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 the market, uh, the, the, the customers have been on this side, right. On the U S um, the market's huge. We do see uh, the need to expand this globally. You know, whether we do it ourselves or we do it through partnerships, yeah. uh, we, only want, we see ourselves doing that, right? Uh, for example, the auto insurance, even the credit products are very much needed in Mexico. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we, think, we think this is the time. This is the time where you can use technology uh, as the, 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 the normalizer to democratize access to, to this population, right? Um, yeah. No, 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 totally. And, and I just, I just found another, another guest in, in my head, uh, Claimbot Alejandro. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but they're in Austin. So another, and I think nice. he's also Stanford alum. I'm, I'm okay. almost quite sure that he's a Stanford alum. So I'll, I'll, if you don't know him already, I'll make the yeah. Feel free to make uh, your connections and likewise anything I could do for you, Edgar. This has been amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, what no, a great, great platform to sort of. Uh, get to meet each other and yeah. also, also help others uh, along the way. No, absolutely, man. It's the, 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 seriously, this is what what this has, you know, evolved into. Um, and now, you know, just we only have a couple of minutes, but I wanted to touch on an interesting point that it's, you know, uh, has come up in recent times. And we just talk about the linking our businesses and voting. Uh, and with all these, you know, protests going nationwide, you know, one of the things that we talk about here in our circles of founders and black and brown founders, like beyond protests, what do we do? You know, I personally don't like to be banging pots and pans. I don't think that's efficient. Um, I, I recognize, I do recognize the, the, you know, the need for it, but it's like, what do we do? How do we, and, and, you know, in some of those discussions, including, you know, some, you know, high level politicians and like, what do we create? a way that we can vote with our dollars. Wouldn't it be that more efficient? And tying it back to the purchasing power that we as Latinos have. Uh, is that is that anything that you envision for least as well to being that keeper? So like, look, we, we're only going to support the businesses that are going to support our community. Not not only with lower margin, with um, lower fees, or but also that we know they're they're not backing the wrong people or or the wrong policies. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm all for that. You know. Not I'm not doing that would be hypocritical, especially given my my uh, you know how I came to this country and, and so forth. But uh, um, yeah, you know, we're we're from believers that we we got we got to get rid of the discrimination, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's intentional or otherwise. Uh, I'd like to say most of it's not, but uh, we have a very very uh, you know uh, there's a saying goes with 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 a lot of responsibility comes a high response a lot of obligation to give back right i think yeah people like you and i are blessed we're, we're we're very rare unfortunately right we've had great educations access to capital and to not do what she's described is just uh unimaginable right we, we have to do yeah. that we have to stand behind it we have to make a movement the question is how do you do that in a way that's scalable right. fast right yeah. i like to believe that what we're doing at least does that because we're building wealth we're educating our customers to, to to live healthier financial future so they can vote with their dollars as well. Correct. Send their college, get them educated, you know, uh, uh, really start contributing in, in, the, in a very scalable way and using venture capital to scale it to millions, right? Um, <laughs> Correct. But it still doesn't seem fast enough, you know, um, <laughs> no matter what we do. <laughs> I know. 
And yeah, so, I mean, so, it, it was just it was just a thought. Again, we don't have the answers yet, and it, it, it's just I wanted to put it out to you. It's like, hey, maybe how do we do it? Uh, and like you said, how do we do it? And how do we do it quick? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So th th that's important. That's very important, and we got to increase awareness. You know, I think we've we've built a we built a company around transparency and education, and uh, we've sort of become that platform where uh, customers come for information. Uh, so we, yeah. we definitely are active in, in educating our customers on what's going on, uh, both, you know, pandemics being a great example of that uh, and uh, access to funds for small business owners who have been left out. You know, a lot of them are Latinx uh, entrepreneurs, right, yeah. uh, the PPP funding. So w we've been very active in, in, in bridging those resources to empower them. But it, like I say, it's still not fast enough. So uh, the w I think the way to do this is to unite forces with people like yourself and the network that you've provided. Uh, I think we don't do that enough as a community. Uh, yeah. It's a little frustrating. I've seen other communities do it, and I think we should learn. We should learn from totally. that collaboration uh, that I think that we, we desperately need. But but I think what's missing is a platform, and maybe maybe it's podcasts, you know? Uh, podcast video, yeah. yeah. How, do, how, do we, how do we connect the dots, right? Uh, somebody's yeah. needs, somebody else's uh, uh, opportunity so well so, so, you know our, our time so but you know think i wanted to thank you so much man it's, it's been a great conversation and uh you know the, the invitation to come back uh maybe in a year you know in a few months to to, to give us a, an update on what, you know where you guys are you know what what's uh, what's happened and again this is your this is your forum and this is what we created yep awesome man i look forward to, to connecting with you uh offline as well yes. Uh, yeah, I let's chat. Figure out a way to work together. I got uh, and thank Absolutely. you for those connections. Likewise, I'm I'm an open book. Anything you need from me, please. Your friend, family, uh, we're we're in this fight together. So, all right. Thank you. Muchas gracias, Samuel. Igual. Un abrazo. Ah, gracias por tu Feliz. tiempo. Feliz viernes a todos. Gracias por escuchar Latino Founder Hour. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin MacLeod. Cree en ti mismo. Sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 